Welcome back to part two of Phil and David talk about Barry's season four. I'm saying welcome back because if you're just jumping in on this one uh, out of nowhere, I mean, that's fine, I guess. I just assumed yeah. you listened to part one. Uh, any, anyway, I'm, I'm David Luzader and with me is... Bill Rude. Yeah, and we are just two people, love Barry, love talking about Barry. We couldn't talk about the whole season all at once, so or we couldn't talk about the whole season episode by episode, so we're talking about it uh, kind of all at once, out in two parts. And we, we discussed the first half of the season, now we're going to jump into part two about eight-ish years later, uh, when the show jumps forward, and makes what I think is one of the biggest swings uh that I've seen a show make in a while doing this, this time jump here. The time jump HBO loves the time jump, uh, house of the dragon time jumps all over it, man. Yeah. Not, I mean, not to say uh, that like time jumps are new, but like for a show like this, no. Yeah. It, it, it was, uh, it, it's a little jarring. There's no like eight years later, right. This happened. It's just sort of like, it's just all of a sudden you're there and you're like, uh, Oh, Oh, this is what this is where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the first episode I was like, "Is this a dream?" Same. Is, is this because because throughout this throughout the first four episodes, there had been um, little snippets of it, kind of like there had been some mixes of I, I you know we saw when Barry first met Fuchs as a little kid, right? Uh, off in like the distance, and like there's this other scene where this guy that. I thought was Barry's dad just being played by Bill Hader um, is introduced, you know, is, is dealing with his kid in like a scuffle sort of thing. And you, right. you just assume that's Barry, but then we find out start of this episode. No, um, it, it's, it was Barry as a dad with a kid many years later. Well, it also like falls in with all of the dream sequences yes, from yeah. earlier seasons where where Barry has been kind of imagining himself having a normal life or like his fantasy life where he's friends with John Hamm. Do you think that's why and... he named the kid John? First question. Oh my God, I'd never even considered that. Oh, it, I hope so. It's probably not, but I thought of it today. I was like, wait a minute. I, I really hope that's it. And then it's like uh, the last time jump being like when John is an adult and he's played by John Hamm. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been really great. Uh, but uh, man, you really just blew my mind with that. You know, um, <laughs> that's what this was, episode I, is about now. <laughs> it's all about John Hamm and his single cameo in Barry. Right. Um. I was probably halfway through that episode by the time I realized, like, oh, that's just what this is now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is the time jump. They are, they actually did take, I think when, when you figure out, like, oh, Sally's having the worst time, that's when you go, oh, this is reality. This is what has happened to them moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it, it just starts off with... Yeah, with Barry dealing, like, he, he has a son. Um, they're just out in the middle of nowhere, like, literally the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, when it gets to Sally and you see what what she's doing, which is wearing a wig and going to work as a waitress, and this is how they're supporting themselves. Um, 
obviously they must have gotten whatever you know money they could before they they skipped town but um this is this is their life and uh it's boy there's a lot to unpack it's Uh, yes it's all it's all uh really sad it's so sad um it's there's nothing wrong with living in rural America. No, no. But these people definitely don't want to be there, and Sally definitely doesn't want to be there. And the conversation that John and Barry have, where John says, "Mom cries a lot," mm-hmm. is one of the most like heartbreaking things in this season, full of heartbreaking things. Is the kid has picked up that his mom is a depressed alcoholic um who who essentially just hates her life yeah she hates the circumstance she's found herself in um john who's growing up in this bubble and doesn't quite realize why everything is as bad as it is like he has that moment when he talks to the other kid and he says does your mom wear hair over her hair right uh which just like that kid is just like (laughs) stunned into silence um (laughs) But Barry is, you know, working on keeping this kid from having any sort of semblance of a normal life, like, uh, as far as, like, connection with other people go. I mean, we can't not talk about him showing the video of... The baseball videos. The baseball uh, is videos. One, of the, one of the funniest things. And so <laughs> messed up. Uh, somebody actually took that um, and put... Like, they, they, wrote, they wrote out that scenario, like, I showed my kid... Uh, baseball videos of kids getting injured to keep him from playing baseball, <laughs> but they posted it on uh, the subreddit. Am I am I the asshole? Oh, that's a real, that's a real Reddit post. Uh, I think like somebody did that because of that episode to see what people would say. Oh, oh okay. And it was it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought you were saying this episode was based on a post that somebody made on a Am I the asshole? No, no. Uh, subreddit. Yeah. No, no, no. It was uh it was somebody took that that situation and posted it. That's that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. One one thing I I do like about them go like going for this, and this is where I think like some parts of this season didn't quite work as well with some of this time jump stuff. Um, but I will at least give them like because I expected like, oh, we're gonna pick up with Sally and Barry trying to make their run for it and that's going to be the rest of the season is the manhunt right uh but it's not that there's like nope they got away um and i feel like there's a lot of times in uh in stories where it's like oh if only these two characters like sort of that romanticism of like these two characters could have been together like they could have been happy sure Uh, they could have ridden off into the sunset or something like that and this is just like nope uh this situation is so horrible they are miserable well, it's like the, Sally's the romanticizing of of like Bonnie and Clyde, right? Or or things like that, where it's like, no, no, they really lived a very miserable existence, yeah. And uh, and this is what it it looks like when you when you can get away. Yeah, I think I think that's a a great observation, David. Yeah, because I just feel like there would have not not necessarily with this show, but other shows that really would have been like, ah, uh, if only they could have been together. And it's like, no. After, after everything that happened at that point, there was no like happiness for them there. Right. Like Barry has to live like a hermit uh, with John, who he's homeschooling, and not very well. He is his, not doing his a great homeschooling job. method. Is is it's amazing. I I love that he's 
essentially just watching YouTube videos and then the next day just parroting whatever he heard yeah. to, to his son. He, he's he's as um uh and and like Sally even knows it because she she's on the phone with him and she goes, What else did you guys learn? And Barry goes, Uh, you mean what did I teach him? And she's like, Yeah. Like right. she like she knows. He's like, no, no, Barry's learning about Abraham Lincoln too. Yeah, because Barry what, Barry probably got out of high school and went immediately into the military, like uh yeah, I would guess. Yeah. Um and 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 he's teaching his son about great men or great people in history. Uh but then he's also I think there's an episode called Tricky Legacies. I think that's the, the Tricky Legacy, episodes. yeah. Yeah, and he's he uh, is then being like, ah, oh, but here's the reason why they weren't great. Um, which is totally him, not, I wouldn't say necessarily preparing John for what he's going to be learning, uh, but I think it is kind of like, in a way, he's to himself, he's like, ah, oh, see, even the good people aren't really good. Right. Which kind of becomes his whole thing for the rest of the season. It is. It becomes a, a running theme, um, and it falls right in with him, sort of painting his own version of things. For like, he's telling war stories to his son, and really painting himself as this this war hero. Right. He's like he's uh, like Cousineau opposed, a little bit, as opposed to like the war criminal that Barry actually is. Right. Yeah. The, he tells the story of like saving Albert, but it's, you know, not the, not the truth. Yeah. His, his son says, did you kill the men who shot your friend? He goes, no, no, I was just there to save, right. To save lives. And you know, he's uh, uh, even the whole thing of like, he leaves his plaque, his shadow box out <laughs> like, God. outside. Like, and he goes, Oh, what's that? Yeah. He sends his kid to get it, and he starts telling him the story. He goes, "Oh wait, let's do this up in the porch." Swing. Right? Like, yeah. Let's let's he's have our this scene for for you know he's like trying so hard to to idealize his current life while he tells a made up history of his past life. It's it's such a contrived thing that we see, and and it is just so much about him trying to protect his son from from learning uh i guess not from i think he kind of thinks he will learn about barry someday but he wants them to not believe it right or and and just him trying to he also wants to be the hero right uh that was something that yeah, he's kept coming up against, and so he has a situation here with John where he gets to be the hero because he's he's dad, and then here's my heroic acts, and you're not somebody who is going to Google the name Barry Berkman and uh, ever ever look that up. So uh, he's he's trying to through his son. That's kind of his big thing. I feel like like through his son, he is trying to get his redemption. That's one of his like eight ways that he tries to get redemption this season. Yeah, it's it's odd and it also um I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but this was just sort of a realization I had. Uh I don't know how familiar you are, you are with the movie Taxi Driver, David. I've seen it. 
Um, but I, I had this big realization of like these parallels between Barry and Travis Bickle. And I, you know, in all fairness, I came to this knowing that Bill Hader loves Taxi Driver as a movie. He cited it as mm. an influence before. Uh, but this, a lot of the season felt like that era of movie, sort of the dark ending, new Hollywood, 70s era. So this also kind of came out to me. But Barry and Travis Bickle are both wartime vets with PTSD. They both don't know how to behave in society or have normal relationships. They both want peace, but they're too inherently violent to find it. And they both think killing one person will solve things. And to that, I will also add, there's a scene in Taxi Driver where it's a voiceover of Travis Bickle writing a, a letter to his parents saying, you know, I can't tell you about the important government work I'm doing right now. He's really crafting this fiction about what a patriot he is and how he's he's doing top secret work for the government to save America. And meanwhile, he's he's training to assassinate uh, a politician. And it there is a mirror to that with Barry painting a fiction for his son as a you know he's I'm not a hero but I'll make him think I'm a hero God. and it's it's just there's this this wild parallel that I just I could not shake it uh off of there and I think I think it's really well done because you you can buy De Niro as Travis Bickle as this kind of unhinged drifter um but Bill Hader it's juxtaposed against what Bill Hader looks like, which is just like a normal suburban dad. It's, it makes it a little more surreal and also a little more horrifying. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, the, the, I'm just, I'm grappling with you pointing out the Travis Bickle connection. Cause I'm like, yeah, nope, that's, that's what we're doing here. It's like, it's, it's that, okay. And, I'm not crazy then. Yeah, it's, no, no. Uh, like it's, it, I'm, piecing it all together like the scene where barry shows her the the collage oh uh, we'll never yeah. never not think yes. about it um <laughs> and and you know talks about all the things that he could do like it just reminds me so much of of travis taking uh the woman to the double shepherd to the yeah porno to, theater. to the porno yeah. theater and being like wait why is this weird <laughs> this is I, what are you I, talking I you about like movies yeah, yeah. he's uh yeah yeah, uh, boy, I hate that you brought that connection to my life. It's, but just, it it's makes... just so so unaware of how to how to deal with people. It's um, yeah, and and you kind of get a sense like that's also why he liked acting. You know, it, it sort of taught him how to mask, you know, a little bit and how to pretend to be normal. And then the that was like an early season. And then the flip side of that is this season, and Sally is acting all the time. Uh, you know, wearing the wig and actually like making up backstory and pretending, oh, we can't come to that because we have, uh, I forget what Barry's fake name is. Yeah, the yeah, his, uh, his mother, his, his mother, and she has she's hooked up to all these machines or whatever, and it's just sort of like, yeah, Sally's like constantly acting. Yeah, and as as we learn later, like this is not the first place that they've lived. They right. uh, they move around a lot because they're you know they're fugitives on the run like there's only so long you can be in one place and not draw like especially the places they go to right like the little diner she's in and there's the um, 
the the cook that's into her. Oh yeah, and yeah. so she kind of briefly entertains it just to oh, that's, that seems wild. That that's, yeah, uh, yeah. Just to like, I guess, feel some power in her life. Just have control over something, uh, and run runs him off. Like gets him fired. And yeah, there, there there's a lot of the the stuff she does with that cook where it is, you know, she wants to have some power. She wants to be attracted to uh, like what she thought running away with Barry would be like, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he's like talking about his brother who robbed the bank and shot a clerk and she's like, oh, that's hot. You know, it's like, what the hell? You know, it's a, it's a really it's a it's a very strange scene and it's so disturbing on so many levels. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like I think of that scene where she's sitting down talking to him in the diner and he's bragging about all these things he's done. Right. And she asks him about like, oh, you ever killed anyone? And he's bragging about, like, yeah, yeah, I've dusted some fools uh, right. where it is just so like so clearly this guy is thinks he is Barry, right? He thinks he's the like the Barry type. And he's just kinda he's just some dude working a in the middle yeah. of nowhere diner, uh who's like who you know, it's if I act tough and cool, people are gonna like that. And Sally is like, uh I live with a serial killer. <laughs> like right. your words mean nothing right. to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also think um, part of the reason they move around is because of the paranoia they're experiencing where maybe people aren't on to them, but they are kind of haunting themselves. You know, when Barry stays out on the front porch all night holding a gun. Yeah, because someone ding dong ditched. Yes. And uh, and, you know, Sally's waking nightmare um, when Barry is out of town. Uh, that yeah, that did that, whole... that that wasn't real, right? No, um, it, I I watched that episode like three times, and um, it I'm still kind of picking it apart, but I'm pretty sure that all has to do with her guilt over killing a guy. Yes, because it's the same um, voiceover. Like, what did you put in my eye? It's in my eye. It's in my eye. And yeah. um, and yeah, I think she just trashed the house uh, in While a she drunken was drunk. yeah. stupor. And um, yeah, it took me a, a while and talking to a couple friends to to fully figure that out. And I still don't know that I totally have my head around it. But I think that's also like a very like 70s movie ambiguity thing to do and I, mm-hmm. I think bill Hader just really leans into that and just like you i don't think every big swing that he took like that landed but i respect so much that they took the swings oh i i i'm absolutely. so glad they they took chances instead of you know just turning this into the most predictable show on tv yeah it wasn't just like and now they're on the run uh, it's dealing right. with like if they were fugitives, yeah, this is, uh, like, this is like their life is them living in the middle of nowhere because this is the reality of like yeah, if you were a fugitive, you would find a situation like this where 
No yeah. one knows you. No one's going to look you up. You're just going to exist out n- in nowhere um, until they decide to make a movie about you. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the Twitter alert. I love that she has, you know, she has a Google alert on her phone um, for Barry Berkman. And, oh, guess what? Gene Cousineau has also been in hiding. Yeah, he's been in uh, uh, Israel for in Israel, years. Yep. Uh, finding himself apparently, and uh, and he's come to stop the Barry Berkman movie. Yeah, uh, which which is very un-Gene. Right, right. When they when they set up when Gene uh, is coming in, and and you think like, oh, he's gonna want to like produce. He's gonna. Uh, right. He's gonna want to like maybe play himself in the movie, uh, or something. But he shows up and he is like, "No, you can't make." Like you think, like, "Oh, this time apart has really made him change." Uh, and I, I totally like bought into it. I love that they were. We talked about the true crime thing a bit before, but they they really were playing into that where he is like, "No, this is somebody's life uh, that you are trying to make a movie out of." And like it hurts people what you what you're doing, right? And like is trying to kill the movie like at every turn. I I bought into it to a certain degree. At a certain point, I knew he. I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe too, but I also uh, I I at some point I became very aware of this show's theme of you can't change who you are like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the noho Hank thing that we talked about. Um, Barry, you know, has tried multiple times to change who he is. Sally ultimately can't quite change who she is. Um, and, and I knew that, uh, Gene was going to eventually have his head turned by Hollywood. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they set up quite the trap for him. By <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis calling and telling that Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> wanted to play him in a movie, like that would be hard to resist for anybody. I got to be honest. I mean, yeah, he wants to come out of retirement to play you, and uh, and Mark Wahlberg was gonna play, uh, was gonna play Barry, uh, and uh, it's like, is Mark coming out here? No, Mark's terrible. Out of the woods, the woods. yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I love uh, I love that, that little trap. Bit. That trap that trap was great. I I think um, I think there was a a weird trail of breadcrumbs to get there. The the uh, Jim Moss interrogation of Barry that revealed the money and you know the money that I had kind of almost forgotten about um, from two seasons ago. Yeah, or, or no. uh, and then. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, like, Barry just kind of wanders out of uh, Jim Moss's garage, which I thought was a little convenient, but I get yeah, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were getting where we were getting. Right. They, they're like, well, we only got a couple episodes left. We have a way. We have to, you know, he has to be able to get out of yeah. here and move on to the next thing. Uh, yeah, there, there was a couple moments that, like, yeah, he left him there with, with scissors. Um, but... In, but uh, to, to go back to Gene, yeah, Gene gets then uh, accused of um, being the mastermind behind this whole thing. 
like he had uh he had Janice killed according to the news story uh because she was getting too close to his dealings with the mob which i felt like people kind of grabbed onto that narrative a little quickly a little bit um but it was also jim following the money right of, always follow the of, money oh barry, barry gave it which is also i think can you know maybe you have to squint your eyes a little bit for it to line up okay but also why he left Barry alone in his garage and was just sort of like, okay, Gene is the bigger fish. Right. You know, Barry was the instrument, but uh, uh, if if that was where he thought it was coming from, then I can see how he would have dropped everything to pursue Gene. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was okay with it enough. Um, yeah, so was I, yeah. Like I, I was like, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, he he's following the money. He thinks that Gene is the mastermind. Barry's just the tool. I'll just leave him in here because he's not going to act out on his own, right? Because it, it was Gene that told Barry at the end of last season um, that, that you have to kill Jim Moss. Right. Uh, like it's 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 up to you to save the day. So like you know, there, there's a little bit there of like, okay, Barry follows what Gene tells him to do. Yeah, Barry's just a tool at that point. I mean, and to, to um, be fair, he was just not for Gene. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not going to nitpick these things. They were just sort of like, oh, Barry just sort of wanders out of there. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and. You know, I'll go with it. It wasn't any, any like terrible hang up for me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something of like, all right, we're in the eleventh hours, the penultimate episode. It's like, okay, we need a reason for all this to happen, and it fit well enough within the narrative. It really was surprising to get that deep into the penultimate episode and go, wow, they only have one episode to wrap this. <laughs> it it just still seemed like there was a lot in the air. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, especially because they were setting all the stuff up with uh, with Hank and with Fuchs. Um, Fuchs, we haven't talked about Fuchs. Uh, you mean the Raven? Fuchs's return, the Raven. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fuchs <laughs> getting out of prison with his gang. One of the best sequences it, of the entire series. God, Stephen Root, man, uh, immediately goes to a a Panera or something. Yeah picks up this woman who is there for the rest of the show does not say a single I I was mystified by this character. It, amazing. Amazing performance. Totally nonverbal. Yeah. The 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 cut between uh the raven winking at her to the back of their heads in the car, right? Just immediately like she's with them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the best cuts ever. Yeah, I just, I loved it so much. I loved that whole sequence. It was great. Uh, uh, Fuchs literally becoming the thing he was pretending to be, uh, becoming the Raven, I think was, it was a transformation. I don't think anybody saw coming. It was, it was so perfect. Yeah. He, uh, he worked for the, the Chechens in, um, in the prison. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it didn't sound like he did a lot for them. <laughs> uh, 
but Hank put him up in the nicest house. Yeah, their their storyline fused together uh, real quickly and created this this big source of tension. We have Hank, who is in denial about how everything went with Cristobal. Yeah. Um, and he's but he's he's trying to like live up to the legacy. Like he's trying to find his own redemption, right? Like that that's where yeah. Hank's at is he had, you know, Cristobal died because of him and he's trying to make it right by honoring his legacy, quote unquote. He's become super successful and corporate. Um it, you know, is what is it, Noho Ball? Yeah. Is is the name of their their front corporation. Uh, you know, he's got this statue of Cristobal uh, and the, you know, the plaque every day, every day can be like it's Dave and Buster's. Busters. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a complicated thing to see Hank at the end of the series because he has it all and is still missing a piece. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think he does, he does it the, the way they play it where, um, you know, Fuchs brings it up and you see Hank's reaction to it. I, th- I think that's re- a, a really good way to play it. And without him, like having some huge monologue about anything, he's just sort of like, he just, you see it in his face and he immediately tries to kick the raven out of his house yeah yeah there's <laughs> well they've uh and that doesn't work they they try to hire uh or they just try to tell him to leave it doesn't work so they hire the the foo bucks the uh, foo bucks yeah yeah the the four Holy ultimate... shit, they're real yeah, <laughs> yeah. four <laughs> ultimate badass killers one of which <laughs> hank is very attracted to uh his 500 500 500 confirmed kills make that 501 uh <laughs> and and i love like all that happens with that is that their heads get sent back in a box. Why am I and, still opening? I mean, yeah, that was another like so <laughs> such a Cohen Brothers moment where he's just opening these boxes and, and he gets to the one. He's like, even in death, still a fox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's great. Uh, classic Hank. But yeah. Uh, and then the rocket. Yeah, they have the, the, oh, they have the, the rocket launch. And they, they they always have, in each season, they have a couple, or at least one, like, very memorable, all one-shot scene. And and this was it, when they fire the rocket at yes. the house. <laughs> and it misses. And they try to escape down the hill. And the, the driver gets killed, but uh, Hank just dives over the bushes and because yes. he, he's, he's on the phone with the phone with, <laughs> with Fuchs the with whole Fuchs. time <laughs> you just hear him tumbling down the hill until it cuts out uh oh. and then he has to be picked up at that lady's house oh man oh yeah yeah and he has like he just has the soda and he's like i don't want yes. this yes but I just love, he's like, he's covered in dirt and he's, he's been wearing those fabulous sort of, not leisure suits, but definitely oh, Miami Vice. Oh, these suits are so bad. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, the, no, the, the whole, uh, yeah, you only bad, sent one like... rocket. Uh, <laughs> you only sent one rocket. Like, yeah. You told oh, us to watch the budget. You told us to watch the budget. <laughs> not, not for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love his anger of like, this was not the time to watch the budget. Yes. Uh, 
and then it's it's all gonna you know he he the Chechens get Sally because Sally goes to um looking for yeah like looking for berries goes to L.A. goes to Kusnos where the the Chechens are trying to find Barry to get rid of Fuchs so uh he send some people over there and oh look who just so happens to be there and then we have our first interaction between hank and sally in the entire series yeah i was trying to think if they had had another scene together um but yeah no this was their first their first scene it was um a really wild one honestly yeah, it, it it was kind of like it was a little bit jarring in the way that it was like the first uh one. Um not to say like I mean it was a very serious dramatic scene. He's looking for Barry to go hand Barry over to Fuchs. Uh and then she's like he's captured Sally, but it's like have this be their first interaction after four seasons. It was just very like, oh, okay, wow. This is this is yeah. how these characters meet in this super serious moment. Uh, and and John, who's just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, kid. John le- learned some hard truths about his parents uh, yeah. that day. But um, yeah, you know that's because because there's this part of you right wondering the whole time like why is Sally writing this out? And uh, she she does have that moment where she goes to go confess to the cop, or she goes to go to yeah. get the cop and turn herself in, and the cop. Uh, is the guy that she stabbed. And so we learn, and there's also that moment when she's talking to John where she feels because she's killed somebody, she is also, like, horrible and deserves to be punished and is trying to also avoid that. Yeah, I, I I love it in Breaking Bad when Walter finally says... You know, I did this because I liked it. You know, I I love when a character who's running from the truth finally has that moment where they just admit it straight out. And when she she has that talk with John and lays it all out, it's like your father's a murderer and I murdered someone, too. And we deserve whatever we get for it. Um, It's 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 a really kind of heartbreaking and also kind of relieving feeling I had when that happened. Why, why, why would you say it's relieving? Just because the, the truth is finally out. Like that, just that relief. Uh, when, when the secret is, you're not keeping the secret anymore. Mm. It's, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, in a, I guess a bad analogy would be like when someone comes out of the closet and they don't have to hide who they are anymore. You know, like it's a, it's, it's the relief to not have to keep, not that, being gay is the same as murdering people. <laughs> right, I'm right. Just, Let's make sure uh, we are not saying on this podcast. I'm not saying that one is a bad thing, one is a uh, good thing. But either way, when you're when you're done keeping the secret, right. uh, I think there's a relief. And and to see Sally come clean with with her kid, who they've been trying to, you know, not only been lying to, but the great lengths they go to to shelter him from the world. And the the whole reason this came out was like. We can't hide a movie, right? We can't hide from a movie, kind of thing. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, she tells John like they told him that uh, 
she has a special job, you know, hiding the fact that she's just oh, yeah. <laughs> going to go work at a diner uh, this whole time. Deals um, annex to her coworkers. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. Um, but yeah, John's just getting, and, and she has that moment, because uh, it's very clear throughout all this that she's come to have, I don't know about some resentment to John, but it's like, she's been following Barry's lead, and it was probably like, Hey, I'm going to like we're gonna have a kid. Um, you're that's just like that's the next step, even though we're on the run. And she's just kind of like, okay, sure, whatever. And uh, never really maybe loved John, maybe probably maybe because of the circumstances or anything like that. Like even at the very end, um, they've escaped together. They had their moment together. Uh, they're living a pretty normal life. And then he says to her, just like, like, all right, mom, leave and love you. And she doesn't say it back. Right. Like that stuck out to me. And like this small interaction, she just, she did not say, I love you back to her son. Even after everything. That's, that's the part where I say, Sally is also incapable of change. Sally is still just as dissatisfied with her pedestrian life, uh, teaching high school drama, and and being a mom, she's just she looks so dissatisfied at the end. It's not enough for her. She doesn't. Um, I don't. You know, it's a huge accusation to say she doesn't love her kid, but you kind of get the feeling she's just. Uh, I'm trying to be a good mom now, and but I don't really like being a mom kind of thing like it's a it's a really it's a really this the show is just so full of hard truths yeah i don't i don't know that i believe people are incapable of change but i think that's what this show is sort of exploring and saying that i think at your core you are who you are and um and that's what i think i think sally's sort of the most positive version of that is that you can make changes to your behavior and you can make changes. Uh, you can make the best of situations that aren't ideal for you, but you're still at your core at, at her core. Sally still wanted the big acting career. She wanted mm-hmm. to be famous and tell her story. And instead she's, she's living in anonymity, which is like a, like a hell for her. I think. Yeah, you can. Right, I think I think you're right in the sense that like your desires don't change in in a number of ways. Um, like yeah, she it was her lifelong dream to have her name up in lights, and she's producing high school theater, and and people like it, and you know people are happy with her. They're happy that she's there, but for her, yeah, that's that's not what the dream was, and she'll she'll always kind of miss not having that because she had that chance and things were going for her. And then they diverted, uh, for a, a number of reasons. And, you know, she wasn't satisfied with pursuing art that wasn't just hers. And now she's stuck right. in this situation and she's, that's, that's hard. Like I did get the sense that like, you know, she's, she's doing the best with what she has. Right. She has made the most out of her situation. She's doesn't have to face consequences for what happened. Uh, the legacy of Barry has been washed off of them in a, in a way, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about that here soon. Yeah. Um, 
but she, yeah, she's living the life she has and she's happy enough. And like you said, she's trying to be a good mom. Um, but ultimately it's not the life that she wanted and she's always going to feel that. And yeah, I, th I think, I think you, you nailed it with the, with the, I love you, mom. And, and her just sort of brushing past that. Um, <clears throat> that didn't, hit me so hard the first time. I just rewatched this right before we started recording. Uh, and it did stick out to me after that. But it it is the thing that hit me um, after I talked to a couple people, my buddy Zach and uh, Austin. He and I watched the finale together the other night. And um, that was his takeaway, too, is like, Sally's still a bad mom. And I go, you think she's a bad mom? And he goes, and he he pointed that out specifically. And it is just sort of like, it helped me, uh, admittedly, I had a little trouble unraveling the very end of, of the, the finale, but it did help me sort of like pull on that string a little bit. And, and it, you know, it took me a day of kind of turning the whole finale over to kind of decode what it was saying. And I'm like, you know, you're right. It really is kind of haunting that she just let that blow by her mm -hmm. and, uh, and just drove home sad and looked at her flowers and was like that's that's as much recognition as i get now right yeah that's her that's her academy award right is is flowers at the end of the night um now there's one character we don't really know what happened to him um actually we'll talk about fuchs here in a second i, I let, let's let's wrap up uh no ho hank because because hank and fuchs have their little standoff um you know, Barry had returned to L.A. to, to kill Cousineau, uh and was trying to find the right podcast. That's uh, the right to, podcast. To justify. And, and of course, <laughs> and it was Bill Burr. Of course, it was voiced by Bill Burr. Of course. <laughs> Bill Burr. And I love that he calls out, this is a little hometown pride. I love that he calls out the Rockford Ice Hogs, which is a real minor league hockey team up really? near my hometown. Yep. Wow. And, uh, and it was just great. That uh, he's like, you know, I was an enforcer for the Rockford Ice Hawks, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Bill Burr. It's so yeah. what a what a what a great uh, running gag through that episode. The the second I heard that voice, I was like, no way, no. Way. <laughs> yeah. And and he's he's giving justification um, that murder is totally okay because Barry had listened to two other podcasts. One, it's like, oh well, killing is not a sin in this situation. Nope. Well, killing killing is okay unless it's murder. Nope. And then Bill Burr, yeah. <laughs> just go kill whoever you want. It's fine. I would do and it again. As soon as he hears it, he doesn't even hear past that. He goes bingo. Yeah, he, he just, just bingo and turns yes. it off. <laughs> Which was the that was the most Barry reaction. Just bingo. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, he he's be they've become quote unquote Christian because uh, he, he's seeking his redemption, his salvation. Right. And this is another way that he's trying to do it. Uh, and even though he, even while he's trying to go kill Kusno, he's like, well, no, but I'm still a good person. Right. And uh, even, even at the very end, when he goes to get his family back, uh, he, he prays and he, he's, you know, just like, Lord, I'm going to die tonight. Uh, uh, give me the strength to set my family free and I will see you in heaven or something like that. I mean, he's still like, 
uh, I think that's the the big thing is his re- he's so seeking redemption, despite the fact that Barry the character is completely unredeemable. Yeah, he's just done reprehensible things uh, that he really doesn't have any remorse for, and I think the fact that he keeps the gun in the wall and he lives this lie and manipulates his son. It's it's just sort of like it shows how empty his religious uh, facade is. Like it's he's not really a Christian. He doesn't really believe in God. Uh, he's still entirely selfish. Oh, a hundred percent. Like yeah, his his prayer at the end there is him saying, "God, when I do this, all my sins will be forgiven." Like everything's going to be wiped away. Right. It's not like, uh, please help me. Like to find, you know, he's not, he's not doubting his actions. He is saying like, when I do no, this, I'm redeemed. And then like later when, uh, it, nothing kind of really happens with that. He is saying to Sally, like, well, I prayed that I was going to die and I didn't. So clearly I'm supposed to keep doing what I'm doing here. Yeah. She, she, Tells him he needs to turn himself in, otherwise Gene will go to jail. Yeah, and uh, and he goes, I don't think that's what God has planned for me. It's just, it is, it is the so... the classic like uh, uh, selfish Barry. I mean, it is just sort of like, yeah, yeah, you haven't changed at all. Yeah, that was pretty. Good. Anyway, uh, no ho, Hank. Uh, and Fuchs are having a standoff waiting for Barry. Um, they have Sally and John in, uh, and there's a lot of tension because Fuchs knows that Cristobal died, but he doesn't know like the, you know, the exact details, but he knows like, okay, Cristobal died because of Hank. Maybe he heard something. I don't know. Um, but he's, he tells him like, if you can tell me right now that, you killed Cristobal, then I'll leave. Like, I'll leave right now. You will never see me again. And Anthony Kerrigan, kill it in it in these last couple scenes. Amazing. Yeah. He, he feels all that pain of what he did, but he can't. He just, he can't admit it. And that leads to the gangs having a brutal shootout. Like, this is what I was saying of, like, aside from the hand thing, like, this is a moment where they don't shy away from the truth of violence. Right. Uh, where these people have shot each other up, and then it's just panning over the battle scene, and it's, oh, it's horrifying. Well, it is, it's, um, before, even before the panning of it, the actual shootout, it's not like, it's not slow motion, no. it's not John Wick, it's not fight choreographed, it's just this brutal really fast uh uh shootout where everybody goes down yeah and it is like yeah that's how that's how actual violence happens yeah. it's it's not cool and and choreographed it's ugly and brutal and then panning over everything a guy has his guts hanging out everybody's bleeding and screaming yeah. it's just yeah the aftermath of it is is horrible and and they were setting up this big shootout because Barry goes and gets those guns uh, and then just walks down the aisles of Walmart with car. guns strapped to his back, and no one bats an eye. Like that was that was some of the strongest commentary I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> was was yeah. This guy straps himself with guns, and he goes buys with no issue at a Walmart or you know some similar store, 
and then their just... ongoing commentary about guns in America, like when he first gets to LA and he goes to buy the gun and the the checkout person is like, Oh, I have, I have to, to show I'm you these, a lot yeah. to show you these photos. And Barry laughs at them. Right. He's like, okay. Um, last season when the, when the mother and son went to buy a gun and they're clearly talking about murdering, using it to murder someone right in front of the guy who's going to sell it to him. And then he just rings it up and sends them on their way. It's just sort of like, yeah. yeah, this show, this show is taking very deliberate shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, well-deserved shots. Yeah. And then uh, the shootout happens. Everyone dies except for Fuchs, John, and uh, Sally. Sally. And uh, and then Anthony Kerrigan again has he has that that death scene. A beautiful death scene. No, no words, but you just you get all of the emotion just from what he in, does. In the arms of Cristobal, he dies. Yeah. And that does that last shot panning out of, you know, Cristobal standing as the, like the statue, not actual Cristobal, but the statue of Cristobal right. standing there and uh, Hank's dead body, like limply holding onto the hand. It was just, oof. Oof. It's one of those things that could easily have been cheesy. Yeah. But somehow really comes off as powerful and almost like, uh, uh, like Renaissance religious artwork, yeah, you know, like a like a Sistine Chapel kind of thing. There's a real like power to that shot. I think. Yeah, I think it's. I think there's some of it too where he's not like he's not like Cristobal. I'm coming. You know, he doesn't have right. like that moment of like we're gonna be together. I think. I think that's. I think that's right. It's just quiet and and sad. Yeah, and he there's that moment where he realizes he's about to die, and oof. It was it was a very effective death scene, for sure. Um, and Fuchs gets out with John, uh, which Fuchs Fuchs's little speech about like being in prison and finding out who you are when you have someone who's beating you like every single day. That right. did lead me to believe that Fuchs has changed, not necessarily to a better person, but Fuchs is different now. Um, like I think even the fact that you know he saves John and then he takes John out to Barry and then let you know delivers Bear, John to Barry and then leaves. You know he does he doesn't go over there and he's not like ah I I have your son like let's talk this out about you coming back to me or whatever. He just because he he I do genuinely believe on on some level Fuchs has always cared for Barry. And that felt like him maybe being like, hey, we're even now. I've saved your kid. But also, like, letting the whole situation go. I, uh, I'll i push back a little bit because I think Fuchs did become the Raven. But I think that ending where he saves John and returns him to Barry is... Fuchs returning to who he is at his core. Mm. Not that he's doing that to manipulate Barry, but because he's doing that because he does care for Barry. Yeah. I think John reminded him of young Barry, as we saw earlier, you know, yeah. the, oh, the flashbacks. Yeah. Um, and, and that brought Fuchs back to who he is at his core. And you're right. I think there was an, okay, we're even now. And also he knows like, we have nowhere to go. Barry's the most wanted man in America. Right. Like right. I can't work with him. I can't manipulate him. 
uh, but also just sort of like he wasn't the cold-hearted killer at the end. He killed Hank, but he saved John mm-hmm. and returned him to his father. And I think that was that was Fuchs returning to who he really was. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you there. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't put together because we talked about the flashbacks, and there was that time where we saw Barry meeting Fuchs, and it did parallel the shot of Barry with John in his own kind of vision of the future, or right, you know, what have you. Um, and yeah, it's reminding him of of young Barry, and yeah, those those things of probably he did want to kill Barry at first. Uh, oh yeah, I, I think he did uh, when he first came out of prison. Yeah, and then he sees John, and that triggers just something of those feelings again, and and lets him go and walks off into the shadows, and that's all we know of Fuchs. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do love when Fuchs gets out of prison, and he's like, "I want Barry Berkman," and and Hank is like, "Barry." He's like. Right. That's old. Like everybody else has moved on. Uh, he's like Barry's probably dead. He's out in you know he's out on the run, and and he like doesn't matter anymore. Um, which just shows like uh, Fuchs has been waiting for this for the entire time he's been in prison. Right. Yeah. That's all he's thought about while everyone else has tried to move on as best as they could from the situation. Right. Oh. Uh, does that bring us to Gene? I think that brings us to Gene, yeah. The the wrap-up with dudes who's uh, accused for the murder now. And uh, Barry, who's been abandoned by Sally, who took John, uh, also paralleling what she did with uh, Sam all those years ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, he goes to Cousineau's thinking this is, must be where Sally is. Uh, and when she's not, he decides, okay... Like, I got nowhere else to go. Her message is now finally getting through to him. I got to turn myself in. And then... Gene comes out with the ripped horn gun. And turns out it fires real bullets. It does fire real bullets. Well, I mean, he's, he shot his son with That's it, That's true, too. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he shoots Barry in uh, the shoulder. Yeah. And Barry has just the... You want to talk about anticlimactic violence or just ugly on the face violence. This is it. Barry's just stunned reaction uh, where he goes, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That delivery of that line. Oh, wow. uh, Then you get the Sopranos ending, which is (laughs) exactly what I thought they were doing. I thought it was like, oh, my God, they're making a commentary on the Sopranos ending uh, before before the epilogue Mm -hmm. took over. It just. It just goes to black, and uh, uh, Gene shoots Barry dead uh, right there on his couch. Which, yeah, I don't think he knew what Barry was about to do, um, but Barry was finally seeking true redemption right? Uh, by, by taking responsibility. Um, but he had just caused so much pain uh, that the chickens were coming home to roost, right? Like, he had caused so much pain, he had sown so much death, uh, that it came back to find him at the hands of Gene. I think that's another thing that has kind of run the course of the show is that 
everybody around Barry pays for his sins, even when he's trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, uh, Janice, and, you know, it, eventually at the end, Gene ends up going to prison for the rest of his life for what Barry had done. Uh, uh, Sally, every, everybody who's been in contact with Barry uh, actually paid a a bigger and worse price than Barry did. Yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, the people that get away from it, right? Like, Sally and John, they're still living with the legacy of it. And they're still paying for it. It's tainting it. Uh, and uh, the movie still came out. <laughs> the movie still got made. But now, because Gene, of what Gene did, uh, the narrative of it has totally changed. Uh, the, there's the true crime aspect of it. Yeah. Is, uh, history is written by the winners, essentially. Yeah. And uh, he, he gets cast as a British guy because he's evil. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about this ending movie here at, at the, the mass collector, the Ma- God, the mass collector, uh, <laughs> which is the, the story of Barry and and Cousineau. Um but it's told from the perspective that Barry, yeah, is this young war vet uh, who comes looking for purpose, and he's given it by Gene Cousineau, who is working with the mob and gets turned into a hitman for him. And, um, you know, that's the that's the story that gets made, uh, and that's the story that people are going to believe. It's, uh, it's, the movie is so intentionally bad. It's, uh, yes. And it, it 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 like there's a lot of common like the the movie version of Noho Hank. He's like a Vin God, Diesel yes. type of. <laughs> I love just that one shot yes. of the super like, buff bald dude. Ryan Madison. Who are these guys? Like you know, like like all of a sudden, like Ryan Madison is wrapped up in all this too. And right, right, because um, that was the connection right early on. Yes, the uh, Ryan Madison. Uh, and and. In this version of the story, Barry gets Sally's um, monologue that uh, that she got that praise for, and Sally yes. just becomes a damsel in distress to get saved she by becomes, Barry in the yeah, end. Just sort of like the love interest, and um, which she was trying so hard not to be. Right. It it, it recasts everything, and uh, I think we also have to talk about just the context that we're shown this movie is that John John has a friend who thinks he should see the movie about his dad. Yeah, J- um, Jaden Martell now. So it's been a few more years. John's high school aged. Right. Uh, and yeah, he's seeing he's seeing this story about his dad, and at the end, like. Probably Sally's not going to talk about it much. Uh, you know, he he gets this heroic version of his father, and he's smiling yeah. at the end. He's smiling, and that's still something I'm I'm trying to decode. Is he smiling because he knows it's not the truth, but that his dad won't be vilified, or is he smiling because he thinks that's how things really played out? I mean, he was there when everything went down. He knows that's not how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, either way, I I think it was an interesting way to end the series. Yeah. Um, with with this 
uh, fictionalized version of, well, the fictional events of this series. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting way, and and has that legacy aspect again, uh, just in dealing with Barry's son. See, seeing a version of events. Yeah, uh, and there also is too, like to speak to to some of the commentary here. Um, I I agree. Like I I do think that John was looking for, or not necessarily looking, but I think I think he's buying into the narrative, right? Like he re- he's old enough to remember his father. Uh, I think that he wants this to be the story of his dad. Um, maybe he's fooling himself a little bit, but I I don't know. Um, but I, I did want to touch on the uh sort of hero worship of vets. Uh, oh yeah that that this movie is portraying you know like barry gets made into the hero and a big part of that is like oh he's this veteran and you know the the climactic scene of the movie that we're shown is him saving sally and john from some nondescript prison scenario right uh and it's uh, i love that they showed combat like this guy was clearly in afghanistan they show combat where he's in the woods of southern california yes yes Um, (laughs) Which was so so ridiculous. Uh, just like the whole the whole way that it's portrayed of like, oh, he's a vet, he's a hero. Like this was clearly an Oscar bait movie, and like people are going to make a hero out of Barry if they don't have the full story. It's like the Chris Kyle effect, uh, if if we can call out a real world example that it's it's the the it's the easiest to swallow version of events, even though many parts of that story have been publicly and on the record debunked. Right. Um, but so many people will never hear that. <laughs> so many people take the, that terrible Clint Eastwood movie is like, Oh, th- this is, this is great. And what a, what a glowing, uh, uh, portrait of, of an American hero. And it's just sort of like, there's, there's so many more layers to it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think that goes right hand in hand with their commentary on like true crime, true crime uh, entertainment yeah. that, that they're talking about here. Yeah, when I knew, because I knew we were going to be talking about it, and I was just like, oh, I can't wait to kind of hear Phil's uh, take on this this last little bit here. On, on, the, on the movie within the movie yeah. uh, kind of thing? Yeah. Or, yeah. No, I thought it was really, really interesting. And um, something, you know, I, I wouldn't have been horribly surprised if the entire last episode was the movie for some reason. But once they were like still going in the direction of like the story, I was like, Oh, okay. I I didn't expect it. And then to just have that drop in is sort of like the epilogue. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting move. And I do, it did. It has taken me a couple of days of, of kind of pulling. Like I said, I, I kind of had a tough time with this finale. I knew it was saying something. It just mm-hmm. kind of, took me a little while to decipher a lot of it, uh, which is talking with you about it. Uh, I think has helped a lot over the last couple hours here. <laughs> um, um, you know, it helps you see the running themes. And also I kind of shotgunned a few episodes. Sure. Uh, since then, uh, and, and they, you know, some of those early episodes in the season take on a different context when you know how it all wraps up. Uh, so like that's been really helpful too, but yeah, the movie is super interesting and I think it has a, a ton of layers to it. 
And I think it's some really smart commentary on some really irresponsible filmmaking that yeah. happens today. Absolutely. Um, I know you and I could both talk about this for so much longer. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet that right at the end here we just want to we want to touch on? Uh, you know, outside of getting into just piles and piles more of pulling at threads, I will just say that it was a crazy weekend for me because Succession, which is another show yeah, I love, yeah. also wrapped up Sunday. So uh, I just had a ton of uh, emotional <laughs> <laughs> and and super well-written finales dropped on me this weekend, and it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say I don't think Barry's ending is one of the the top endings of all time, but um, I do think overall the show is really high up there for me. It's one I I will recommend to people. It's one that I will probably revisit at some point um, because I enjoyed it so so very much. And oh, I yeah. and I don't think the ending is too hard to swallow. I think like like you said, it'll be interesting to no. watch it knowing the ending that's coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, even for the faults the season had, I, I still think that Barry overall is a very solid show and probably one of the best that I've watched, especially in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years even. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this uh, again. My wife has yet to see it. There you go. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've been trying to get her on board with it. We just, you know, sometimes our schedules don't quite line up. Uh, but the other night when it was coming on, uh, Austin and I both didn't have to work the next day. So we're like, oh, sweet. Let's stay up and, and let's watch the finale together. And we turned it on and Christy sat down and I'm like, you can't, you you, you can't start last, here. Last episode. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to get up. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed. And it started and she sat there for, uh, she sat there through the shootout. Um, kind of like drawn in by it. She didn't have any connection to any of the characters. She's just like, I, I think it's just like such a compelling kind of filmmaking. Uh, so uh, the next day uh, she did mention something. She goes, yeah, uh, uh, Phil and Austin were watching uh, Barry looked really good. And so I think, I, I think there I can reel her in now. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to watch the whole, series again and uh and introduce her to that well i look forward to the podcast you start with her where <laughs> <laughs> you two go over the episodes and talk about barry yep, yes yep uh i'm happy to produce that so just let me know oh great, uh, great. yeah well i'm sad that we're at the end here and that we will not have a chance to talk about uh barry again Nope, never ever. We will never, never ever discuss. We'll never this show find again. a reason to nope. ever bring it back nope. up. Um, well, Phil, thank you so much for talking with uh, with me today. And oh, thank you, uh, sir. This was this was great. This was great. Not only to talk about Barry, but to you know touch base with you and and record something with you again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. Uh, for people out there listening. You know, get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts on Barry. We know some people pick these up when we put them out, and we would love to to hear from you because obviously we love this show and love talking about it. So uh, reach out. We don't have, you know, this was just kind of a, a wacky thing we did. Um, so we don't have like a Twitter or anything, but 
you know, you, there's ways to get in contact with both of us if you want to find I have a, me. I have, yeah, yeah, I have a show email uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for, for my show, and that's austinandphil at gmail.com. Yeah, please. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, drop me a line. What did you think of of Barry? And uh, and give us your thoughts on on the finale, on the series as a whole. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. I'm sure Phil will pass those along to I'll me as well. I'll pass those right along, for sure. Well, until we find some reason to talk about this show again, this is uh, <laughs> Phil and David signing off. <laughs> <laughs>